Happy Friday, folks. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast. I'm Jonathan. I'm Emily. And with us once again is Eric. Hello. So let's get into some of the more challenging aspects. Challenging. That's a charitable word, isn't it? Stuff we don't like as much about Robinson Crusoe. Stuff we don't like a lot. Do you want to start with the worst? What is the worst? I'm going to nominate Cannibal Island. Cannibal Island. For the worst, because um, that's super insensitive. So one of the um, one of the scenarios that is included in this game is a scenario called Cannibal Island. Um, here is the little description that they give you here. Uh, it is hard to believe, but the sinking of your ship was the, only the first bad news. You landed on a very dangerous island, Cannibal Island. <laughs> in order to survive, you will have to fight. You will also need to track down their villages and burn them down one after another. You're burning down villages. Full of people that already live here. Like, they already live here. Like, guys, really? Really? This is... Oh. Wow. Uh, do, we even, do we even need to... Is that, I mean, that's... I mean, I want to wax poetic about my confusion about the concept of a cannibal island anyway. Like, <laughs> so, like, do they, do they just eat people that shipwreck onto this island? Do they eat each other? Like, yeah, how does problematic. this work? I suppose like, if you're in a Bermuda Triangle type situation, it might cause enough shipwrecks to provide enough castaways to, to largely... Enough villages? Enough like, like, enough villages that you have to travel the entire island to burn them? You know, and I like, tried. I tried. You know, like, this is the thing. Like, just like the... Con- but, like, it's not... Okay, so it, it, the, the concept of a cannibal island is not new to this particular board game. But just, like, in general, it has always mystified me. Are, like, are these people cannibals that just don't eat people until there are people there? I think... I think... A loose God. definition of the word cannibal, there, then, maybe. It, 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 it is the case that there are some um, cultures that have existed where eating humans is part of... A part of life, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's their own or their enemies, for whatever various different reasons, that's cool. In this case, there is no nuance. There is no, no context. No. It's just their cannibals burn down their villages and kill them all. And, and then the men, the women, and the, the, the leaf. Yeah, yeah. It's everybody, and you know, there are no non-combatants. It's so not comfortable. I no. don't don't feel good <laughs> playing this. There's the question of Friday as well, who is sort of the original like. You know, you know the, the, the original problem. Yeah, you know, if you're the magical Negro, right? The the, the this is a, a term that's used in film criticism mm-hmm. for that one black character who exists with no real agency of their own, except who, to help you, except to help our white protagonist spiritual, bring our to find spiritual guidance to the to the white protagonist because yeah. they don't really need anything on their own mm-hmm. because they're not really a person, and that's <laughs> so. Friday was kind of the original for that in um, in the original story of Robinson Crusoe. And he's here in this game. At least he's not represented as being white in his, in his depiction, but he doesn't really have any agency of his own. And, um, and and the other players decide for him what he's going to do. And there's a huge list of things that he cannot do. Yeah, because, well, obviously he's not white. Ugh. Okay, so... I mean, you, would, you would think that he would be able to do more having like lived here, you know? You would think. So I've actually never read Robinson Crusoe. I've actually never read it. Um, I it is so big in pop culture that I don't feel that I really need to, you know. Like I've seen Castaway, but I, you know. Um, but when I, I remember distinctly being like a kid, maybe like you know twelve, and and finding this like like a, I guess like a comic strip in like a magazine I was reading. 
that was like a few pages long and it was like Robinson Crusoe but like it was like Friday's perspective and it was just Friday and he was like my god this poor man has no idea what he's doing what is he doing what, what is he doing like what are you doing <laughs> yeah it was it was, it was it was good it was funny and it sort of like made me think of like house cats they bring you food because they think that you're pathetic because you can't do anything for yourself right. it was like that it was very much like from the perspective of yeah you know like robinson crusoe like has no idea what he's doing and i suppose you could try to read that into the implementation of friday and the two you, you know, know like people like this is they could make the subtext text that's the thing they mm-hmm. could make it mm-hmm. much more clear like friday could do more stuff because of course friday can do more stuff like he lives here yeah. He knows where things are. He knows what to do. Like, you're just a bunch of, like, shipwrecked white people. Like, you don't know what's going on. You've, yeah, like, you you're, don't have you're, any... from, you're from civilized yeah, lands. Yeah, like, you don't have you any know? sunscreen. You don't know how to hunt. You don't know how yeah. to gather. Um... You're, you're, you're going to die, and this man is your only hope to survive. You should treat him better. Okay, so, more fun. Let's talk gender representation. Now, okay, here's one space where I was really, really happy with Robinson Crusoe, uh, because... All four of those characters, the cook, the soldier, the explorer, and the uh, carpenter, have a double-sided character sheet. They've got a man on one side and a woman on the other side. You can be either gender. And that's really cool. Uh, I like being able to choose that. And that was something that I always really enjoyed about this game. And, of course, I had to have it pointed out to me that, well, they're so not... so much cleavage. They're not dressed quite the same there's way, are so they? so much cleavage. The carpenter has what looks like a little, like, tube bra under her um, her overalls with only the one strap Well, she's on. got the wrench-wench thing going yeah, the the, re- <laughs> with the steampunk goggles and stuff. And the soldier has, like, her shirt unbuttoned. I don't even know if it is if it can functionally fully button, just, like, staring at it really closely here and being really particular. Um, like, basically down, like, halfway down her ribcage, the cook just has like huge cleavage the explorer would have cleavage except it's hidden by a bullet belt they look okay so yes they're showing way too much skin the act i really hope the actors who are playing these people have lots of sunscreen they look kind of aspirational though i mean my sense looking at these images is that you're not supposed to want these people you're supposed to want to be these people there are different body types present here uh not all of them are like model attractive and um, there, there is a certain sort of aspirational feel there. So it's like, it's not all bad, right? right? I mean, it wouldn't be, except for the fact that one of the scenarios is also Save Jenny. Oh, God, Save Jenny. And here's my, my, my dramatic reading so of this scenario I, description as well. I played like all it. the scenarios, and I thought the least interesting one mechanically was Jenny Needs Help. So, so here we go. Uh, you are castaways on a deserted island. Your situation is very difficult. But look over there. There is one of your shipmates, beautiful Jenny, trapped on a lonely rock in the middle of the ocean. You need to build a raft and rescue her. And then you better hurry and build a boat to escape from this island. A hurricane is fast approaching. And it's just like they took the time to make the characters either male or female. Like, why not just have it be... Jeff needs help. Something. Why, why does it Jeff. have to be a... Handsome Jeff out a, on the lifeboat. Why is it always yeah. a beautiful woman every time? Should, you know, it's, yeah. It's damsel, the damsel in yeah. distress. It has to be. Yeah, Jeff yeah. on the raft, you know, shirt ripped off, you know, waving it above his head <laughs> like a white flag, tanned, sweaty. It's like, you know? And even... That, that could all be in the description. Right? Like, that could be it. Like, that could be it. <laughs> you know, getting bronzed in the sun, his exactly. muscles rippling. Exactly. <laughs> it could be a different set of pulp story. I would be down for that. <laughs> But, um, and then it's all the women on the alley. They're like, "No, we're gonna go save Jeff." <laughs> <laughs> like, no, but like, it's just a waste of resources. Like, no, Jeff needs us. 
we can't abandon him out there. Often, what's used in these uh, in these cases is the, um, the the excuse that, well, given the idiom that the story is based on, this the the, the novel from that era, that wouldn't be uh, in keeping with the spirit of the kinds of stories that were told then. But now's not then, right? Mm-hmm. We've got a female soldier here, and she's awesome. She's badass. I think that, uh, that he's got a gun and a sword. Yeah, and, and a stick. What she, looks like a stick. Yeah, like she, that's, a I, think that's, I think that's her scabbard. Oh no, you're right. No. But um, so it, she she looks cool, and uh, I think it makes sense that you could be like a mercenary or something on board a ship there, and even if it wouldn't necessarily be in keeping the story, we did it anyway because it's awesome and because this is fiction and we can do what we want. Um, so why stop there? Exactly. You know, they, they, they could have uh, added more nuance to uh, the Cannibal Island thing. They, they could have done something that wasn't just Cannibal Island. Surprise, the cannibals are the previous group of people that shipwrecked here, and they sure. actually ate all the natives. The, or, the, or, they, or they ate the local way. fauna, which turned them into yeah. these horrible things. Or, um, you know, maybe you've got Jeff out in, on the rock. Or maybe Friday has more of a sense of agency. I mean, I don't want to negate what's, what's really cool about this game. And uh, in a way, I feel like I only need to criticize these things because I like so much about it and because it actually does, I think, a lot of things right. Yeah. So when you're playing with uh, with David, did you run into the alpha player problem much? Because we, we've talked about this in the podcast before. One player started taking over the game and deciding for everybody else what they should do. Um, I, I think that at the beginning, I very much deferred to him um, deliberately. Uh, simply because I'd never played before. So I was like, hey, so what do you think I should do? Um, but as we progressed, it became a lot easier. And I'm sure part, most of that is just the company. But it became a lot easier to just suggest, okay, how about this and this? And what do you think of this? And David might go, actually, I think, I think I'm going to switch it so that you're doing this because I'm stronger at this. Great. Good. So I could see where alpha players would would show up very easily. Because yeah, like all a, the information's out in the open. Mm-hmm. Were there alphas in your group, Emily? Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. We had played it. I played it with um, someone that is definitely an alpha player. Um, problem is I'm also a bit of an alpha player myself. Mm. Um, but I found, you know, in a moment of introspection, um, yeah, this game lends itself, like, really, really well to alpha players, if you can say that, like, in the sense that there is a because of the learning curve and because it's got a lot of like fiddly little bits and like a little fair bit of subtlety um having played it before gives you such a huge advantage over new players which is not a problem in the way that it's normally a problem in that you'll just beat everybody because it's a co-op game instead it makes it so that there is really, 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 really an advantage to you alphaing because yeah. you will do better if you tell people what yeah. to do. Because, because it you is know what so to hard. Do because it is so hard. Mm. And and that can be like a good and a bad thing. And it can be good if you are, you know, a person that is more like open to that or that likes to defer to people when you're unsure about what's going on. And then that way you can sort of like get to know the game better through the perspective of somebody that's done it before and it's maybe like the learning curve is a little less steep for you but it can also be very frustrating if you're somebody that just wants to figure it out for themselves you know and if you don't want to be told what to do and if you mm-hmm. don't always want to ha- have this person in your ear telling you what they think you should do so it's a yeah. group of a group of new players is generally speaking gonna get pounded pretty hard the first oh, yeah. time they play this yeah. um, because there's no alpha to explain actually we kind of need to do this first and then this because mm-hmm. otherwise blah 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 is gonna happen so that that is definitely something to consider when you're deciding whether or not you want to play this with your game group the other thing is we don't have this on the shelves of snakes and lattes and uh, the the 
the proliferation of pieces in the game, mm. uh, the complexity of the rules, it's the long. fact that it's a big footprint, it's a long game. It's not great for a cafe-type environment, but it's one that almost everybody who works at the cafe has played really, really likes yeah. for a lot of the reasons that we've mm-hmm. talked about. They even uh, did an expansion set called The Voyage of the Beagle, in which uh, Charles Darwin is a character wow. traveling with you. He's Friday in this game, basically. It introduces a new character, the missionary, who's awesome. Um, and it's this linked series of scenarios where you're on Discovery Island collecting rare plants nice. and, uh, uh, and, and fossils and carnivorous plants and all kinds of awesome stuff. And then you spend the next several scenarios trying not to lose them as horrible things keep happening. You're just desperately trying to get back home with these things. That's great. Uh, that's, it, such a ni- that's such a nice scenario. It's rough. It's rough because... Conceptually, it's nice. You know, it, it's it's conceptually stairs, amazing. Collect my samples, you know, my little my sparrows, my turtles, and then... And then try to not die. Yeah. Because, yeah, the... And, and, you feel like such a sense of achievement as you're gathering all these awesome things in the first scenario, and that's your only chance to ever get those things. And then you just spend the rest of the campaign losing these things one at a time. And it's only what you get back that actually counts toward your score and what gets published hmm. um, and, and discovered as the result of your voyage. Mm-hmm. Speaking of voyages, uh, oh, we're going to have to talk about First Martians again. I still haven't gotten to play it! Yeah, me neither. Okay. It's taken a long time for us to discover... Robinson Crusoe, it's probably going to take longer for us to find Matt Damon or whoever is out there. But uh, one of these days, we will do the First Martians thing, if I have anything to say about it. I don't know. Can you tell me about the game? I haven't, so I don't know it at pretty all. pretty much, um, I don't know, I haven't played it, full disclosure, but from what I've heard, it's very much just Robinson Crusoe in space. Oh, specifically okay. on Mars. Specifically on Mars. To me, it really feels from like everything I've read about it, it feels like a game that you know, the way that Robinson Crusoe is based off of Robinson Crusoe. If you've ever read um, The Martian Chronicles by Ray Bradbury, mm. it's just like a series of short stories about, like again, like the banal day-to-day life of people that now live on Mars. At any point in the first, I think it's the first like, 100, 200, 300 years of like, mm. people living on Mars. And it's just like, you know, sometimes you live on Mars and your wife cheats on you with your neighbor. And sometimes you live on Mars and you're, like, trying to, like, build something. But then there's this, like, gas station on a part of land that you want to be able to build on. And you have to argue with the gas station owner to be able to, like, buy the land from him. It's just, like, the banal day-to-day hmm. on Mars. Right? And it's just, like, and there's, like, spacesuits and there's, like, dust storms and there's, like, subtleties like that. There's a lot more death than that in First Martians, or a lot more imminent death, because in, uh, in Robinson Crusoe, you start out with basically nothing, and you have to put together inventions. You have to find flint so you can build a knife and attach it to a, uh, to a piece of wood so you now have a spear, and getting all these inventions and sort of ramping up from nothing to having a settlement that can survive. With First Martians, it's the reverse. You start with all the toys, hmm. and then one by one, they start breaking. Oh, the oxygen scrubber's on the fritz. Well, that's the only oxygen scrubber we have because it's Mars. <laughs> and the other oxygen scrubber's on Earth. It's a very long distance away. Um, and in the, me- in the middle of trying to manage all this disaster with all this equipment that was totally not ready for prime time, you also have to do a mission. So, yay. Anyway, we're going to have to go into more detail about that another time. But uh, in the meanwhile, Eric, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. You can get in touch with us at podcast at snakesandlattes.com to say hi. Uh, the Snakescast is produced by Dax Audio, and music is provided by Ben Sound. Tune in next week when we discuss abstraction of theme and how theme interacts with game mechanics. Opinions expressed on the Snakescast are those of the presenters and our guests and nobody else's. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.